All right, guys, welcome to a new installment, Cyclone Fanatic Podcast, cover three, not cover three, corner three. Cover three is a football term. This is a basketball podcast. And we welcome in Scotty Christofferson. Uh, Stansbury taking today off doing football stuff. What's up, Scott? New father. Congratulations, my man. Right before the season tipping off. Good timing. Yeah, never too early to talk uh, recruiting class of 2039. <laughs> so I, I'm excited to, you know, to get get into that. No, it's been awesome. Uh, like uh, my, my boys are healthy. My wife's healthy. So we couldn't be more blessed by that. And just kind of acclimating to a, a new stage of life. But it's gone really well so far. Okay, so two boys. It's uh, you said 2039. Yeah, you've already done that. Okay. Uh, hopefully Otzelberger is still the coach. He's got some years. <laughs> I would agree. You got it, it. The worst case scenario, you got a preferred walk-on spot for those guys. <laughs> worst case. Um, all right. Well, that, that that's good to hear. We've been thinking about you. I'm I'm ready for the season. Actually, um, week from yesterday, week from Tuesday, Iowa State will tip off its uh, new basketball season, and it, it's really interesting, man. I mean, we we were kind of talking off air, Scott. I mean, when you're when you had two wins a season ago and you don't win in the big 12, it's like, I absolutely used to take like these buy games, these early games for granted and stuff. But I, this, this program, this team, these guys, I get the feeling and um, like they need, they need some games like this. You know, this will be, I'm excited to watch like on Tuesday against Kennesaw state. Cause I almost feel like we're, they're still practicing really, right? Like that's what it feels like. And you're going to watch this team really evolve from this first game until when the big 12 season starts. Is that the feeling you get? Absolutely. And I think there's just so many unknowns, you know, new coach, a lot of new players. Uh, I know there's been some new uh, guys that, that left and that sort of a thing. So there, I just think there's a lot of um, unknowns. And like you said, coming off a two win season, you know, you don't take any wins for granted. And I think there'll be kind of two things that we're all kind of monitoring. You know, you're trying to win every game. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. the business of college basketball. But I think the thing I'm the most excited to watch is I'm a little bit more of a process, big picture person. I'm excited to watch how this team and this program grows and matures throughout the year. Cause I think, it, yes, you've got to win games and, and, you know, for these players, they've got to be focused in on each and every one, but from a coach and a fan perspective, I think everybody wants to see this thing kind of turn in a little bit better direction than it was, you know, maybe last year, the last year or two. So you mentioned the um, player attrition. So literally two guys are gone since we last podcasted. The Xavier Foster news made a lot of headlines for rightfully so. Uh, He was a highly touted kid and, you know, and a local kid. So a lot of that tied into it. Um I, that's that's old news. The Blake Henson quitting the team out of nowhere. I give me a big picture, like if you're in that locker room. Yeah. I mean, is it because I could I could paint the picture. Uh, I could paint it two ways. Oh crap! Now we only have ten guys. We just got less talented. No doubt about that. Or I mean, it, I could also say, listen, if starting things off, you need guys there that are going to do it the right way. Yep. I mean, I, I've always given you and Melvin a ton of credit for Fred's era starting off on the right path. Um, and even Deontay, right? Because he he had guys there who were leaders, who were ready to go. TJ didn't really have that here. 
And I, is, is it almost good, like, if these guys weren't going to be bought in, trim the fat and get it over with before the season? How do you view it? I, I think so. I mean, I, I take a more of an optimistic approach with it, especially because it's early. You know, it's not like they've lost, you know, four games in a row and yeah. they're in the dog days of January, February, and somebody quits. Uh, you know, I had that happen my sophomore year at Iowa State with Luca. Um, that's a little different. I mean, this is early. Um, it's it's unfortunate. I don't think it's good for Blake personally. I, I wish him nothing but the best, but it's probably not a, a great move to quit the team right before the season. And it definitely a team that, um, you know, I think they have now 10 players, you know, so you do kind of run into uh, a numbers issue, but I, I think big picture, you know, if that's where his head is at, I, I, I think it's the right move to just cut bait and move on. Um, I, I'm excited to see what this team can bring, but let's be honest. I don't think anybody thought this team was just going to out talent everybody throughout the big no. 12 season. If they're going to win games, it's because everybody's brought in, they're playing for one another. Uh, they're, they're doing all the little things the right way in the locker room, you know, at practice and in the games. And, and if, if that's where Blake's head's at, like I said, I wish him nothing but the best, but probably for the best to just move forward with the guys that want to be there. And I would say as somebody who personally benefited, you know, when Luca left, I went from playing, you know, 18 to 22 minutes a game to playing, you know, 30 or 35, it, it changed the kind of trajectory of my career, um, you know, from that point forward. So this will be an opportunity for other guys to step up. Uh, I, I guarantee if you buy into the little things that TJ's talking about, the energy, the effort, not turning it over, getting up in people, you're going to have an opportunity to play a ton of minutes at a power five program. So I, I would look at it more from a positive standpoint at this point in time. Yeah. And okay. So that, that's it. Well, I want to get to that. Cause you kind of just, we, you, it's kind of overused, but I think like in this case, this team's going to have to have one. We talk about like identities, within yep. teams. Uh, well, let's, let's just go there. Um, I mean, it really kind of feels like from what I've heard after the scrimmages against Northwestern and South Dakota State, it, it you're right. This team isn't going to out-talent anybody. I mean, it's probably the least talented team in the Big 12 Conference. Again, you would expect that after going 2-22 and 22 a year ago. Um, but it does seem like the guys who are there have bought into uh, – high-pressure defense. I mean, I, I heard they drew a bunch of charges, you know, stuff like that. Like, I, Kalsher, Brockington, and Hunter, I feel like, are really going to bring that. I don't know what behind them, I because a lot of them are prone leftover guys, and we haven't seen them play a lot of defense. But I know Trey Jackson, well, uh, he's a hard worker. Like, he's one of my favorite players to ever come through here. I just, I, he's a, I admire the hell out of him. Um is that the identity of this team? Like, is that how they're going to have to play together to have a chance to win games in the Big 12? Yeah, I, I think to, to start, you know, you don't have to have 10 games to gel your energy and effort. That can be, a yeah, you know, from day point. one type of thing. And that's something that TJ, you know, I think has really, when I've talked to him throughout the summer, the fall, I don't think he could be more thrilled with how his guys approach it on a day-by-day basis. And I watched them practice uh, it was, you know, intense, high energy. The guys are excited to be there. I, I think that from an expectation standpoint, that that's something that we can expect out of this team. And I think that that's to begin with how they're going to grind out wins. It's probably not going to be, you know, sexy space pace, you know, lots of threes, yeah. you know, it's going to be, you know, just gutting out wins, you know, kind of like an old, uh, 
you know, Tony Bennett, Dick Bennett type style of play. They're going to get up. They're going to, they're going to guard you. They're going to try to create extra possessions by turning you over and out rebounding you. And then offensively, um, and that's something we can get to in a little bit. I, I think that will be a little bit of a work in progress to begin with. There's a lot of new players. There's going to be a lot of new roles. I think TJ is getting a feel of different lineups, different offensive concepts that they can get to. But um, I think if they can not turn the ball over and find ways to get it in the paint and play inside out basketball it, it, in time, they'll, they'll figure out the roles and the, the looks that they like and the, the, the set, the sets and the, the motions that they like. But I think to begin with, I'm going to be looking for, are we getting the ball in the paint and are we playing out of that? If they do that, I think they're going to be all right. If they're relying on, you know, just breaking guys down one-on-one or shooting contested threes, I think it's going to be a struggle to not just play well, but probably, you know, win games. Yeah. Uh, only 10 guys on the roster. They brought in another walk on last week. We, I always hear this, uh, Prome, Prome had a lot of problems the last couple of years not having bodies. And I knew that was, I mean, when I traveled with them a couple of times and like we're, we're, on the, we're on the road in Fort Worth trying to go through a thing and Tyrese was out that game with a wrist and um, they didn't have enough guys to even go five on five to rep the TCU offense and stuff when they're, how, can you walk me through how that impacts practice? Cause it, they added guys, they have enough now, but like that, that seems like a deal that fans hear a lot of like, Oh, we don't have enough guys that we don't really understand. Cause we're not there. But uh, walk, walk me through that. Cause I mean, a lot of people are like, well, why are you adding a walk on a week before the season? Well, this is why. Right. No, it's, it definitely is a big deal, especially as the season gets going. If you have a guy or two go down with injury, you know, even from a coaching standpoint, if you've got a guy that probably could practice, but he's, you know, whatever, he's got a a ginger ankle or his back's bugging him. Now you're thinking, all right, is it worth it to have him practice and maybe re-aggravate it? Or do I just need to focus on trying to get him as healthy for the next game as possible? So you probably take a little bit more of a conservative approach with holding guys out. And as far as being able to get through the other team's scout and those sorts of things, I mean, as a player, you're, you're, the more you can rep something, the, the less you have to think during the game and the more you can just react and play. It definitely has a, uh, it definitely has an impact. And I think, you know, my guess would be TJ will probably go to some more like three on three, four on four type stuff. If they do run into some numbers issues and, you know, you're, you're walking through their sets and then you're trying to rep the concepts that they're trying to get to throughout the game. So maybe you cut it back to three on three to, you know, rest mm-hmm. some guys and, 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 and take some taxing off their body throughout the season, but it'll be something we'll all have to, you know, kind of pay attention to as the season progresses here. All right. Um, where, where do I want to go? Oh, these secret scrimmages. Few things, <laughs> few things in my career have annoyed me more over the process of my trying to like gather information for the fans in these damn secret scrimmages. Yeah, I feel like because the information always leaks, and people always overreact one way or another. <laughs> right. It's like ah, oh, I, I mean. It, what what are these things? Because like I, I know they played Northwestern last week, and they didn't even play. It wasn't even like a game. They were playing like yep. six minute periods that I don't even know if they were keeping score. Like, it, what are these things? It's like preseason football, right? I mean, it, yeah. I, you don't want to say it doesn't matter, especially in a program where the program is where, like I said, you've got 
You yeah. need time. Not, yeah. Two in season, lots of new guys, new coach, new staff. It's important because it, you get a chance to get in there and get your hands dirty and see what you've got. All right. What are some things that we thought would work? Oh, this doesn't work. We got to, you know, tweak this. And here's some things that we thought would work and didn't. Now you're going into Kennesaw state. You got at least a little bit of a feel of what to expect, but by and large, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does, it matters in the sense of it's a great practice situation yeah, yeah. as far as like fan expectation and expectation of like, yeah. like, look, if Tyrese Hunter goes in and turns it over four times and, 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 and looks a little shell shocked, I still think he's going to got a chance to be a stud. It, it doesn't change my okay. view of a guy or if a guy that is going to be one of your primary uh, scorers doesn't shoot great. Um, big deal. Move on. You know, it's, it's not uh, anything to kind of, to look for a deeper meaning uh, with. So um, the, they played South Dakota state like a week and a half ago and you know, Hendo. Um, yep. So he's a good friend of mine too. And obviously TJ is and. They, those guys made a uh, pact like before that there would be no leaks coming out of that. Um, do you know how hard it was for me to reach out to all the Iowa State guys on South Dakota State, and then nobody, and they're all just ghosting me. It was, <laughs> and then we have like our subscribers that are like just so ticked off because we couldn't get them information. But like, no, they did. Fr- frankly, and I think it's smart. A lot of people are dinged up uh, yep. at, at that scrimmage, and they they wanted to get healthy, and there's no need to have negative expectations, positive expectations out there when you're not even really coaching and trying to win. I think that's why a lot of these schools have gone to these scrimmages as opposed because back in the day we would have like exhibition games. Mm-hmm. You had those, right? Like, didn't you? you guys- did, yeah. Okay. No, and, I and, and I, again, I, I kind of equate it to preseason football and where that's gone. You know, there's more teams, you know, pre- you know, doing these scrimmages in practice. I think it's great to get looks at guys and yeah. live action against, teams that don't know your sets and stuff. And I get it. I mean, the fans are excited and I, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to watch these guys play and anxious to watch them play. Um, but even, like I said, even if it went really well, that I wouldn't put too much stock into that going into next Tuesday. I think you just go into next Tuesday with a blank slate, eyes wide open, and just let's just see how this goes. And, and you know, I expect them to execute the things that TJ has emphasized the not turning it over ball pressure, rebounding energy effort. Aside from that, I don't really have any expectations. I'm kind of just excited to watch it play out and unfold. It's going to take some time in my opinion. Yeah, no. And it, and it's probably not, I, I think you made a good point. Like aesthetically, like that is the one thing I like about TJ's approach. He's not, um, it, I think we've seen it too with Fred. Like we know what Fred's like style is, right? Mm-hmm. And Fred is very good at coaching that style. That is what he does. And he went to Nebraska with not very good players, played that style, and got his ass kicked. Well, th- but that was his deal. He's trying to work in his system, do all this stuff. This is how I want to recruit. TJ looks at it from another standpoint where he believes, like, I'm going to move my style um, based off of the team. And I, I think that's important, too, for fans to understand as we head into next week with Hilton Coliseum. This team... Like, TJ's, they're trying to win, like you right. said. And they know that they can't win by going out there. I mean, and playing, like, a super high-possession game, right? Like, I, I do – I just – I want to, like, preface fans, like, on the season to, like, as far as your expectation. I, I just think style of play, whatever, that, that gets talked about a lot, I don't think it'll be as big of a deal during TJ's era because I think it'll change a lot from year to year. 
And, and if they're if they're playing in a high possession game, hopefully that's because they're turning the other team over a bunch and yeah, they're getting out in point. transition. Um, I, I think offensively, it, you know, when you had when Fred had it rolling there, right? I mean, you've got some just great playmakers. It would take Fred in an offensive set five to ten seconds to create a look, get the ball in the paint, and play out of that. This team, it's going to probably most likely take them more 15, 20, 25 seconds to create that paint touch. They can still be a really effective team with it taking a little bit longer. But to me, yes, from a fan expectation standpoint, uh, I, I would definitely, this is going to be a blue collar grind you down team in my opinion. And I think we should all embrace that and have fun with it and really kind of these guys are going to need that energy boost, that Hilton magic and really embrace, you know, kind of bringing that with them. I think they'll feed off of that. I think TJ and his guys are really excited to get going. And I think as a fan base, like I enjoy watching those sorts of teams. Me too. Um, It's just, I would much rather have that team than the talented team that, you know, one game they show up and they're gangbusters. And then the next game, they're just a complete no show and guys are dejected. And it, you can just tell it's chaotic. I would much rather root on this kind of a team. Your junior year was Fred's first year, right? Yep. That's one of my favorite teams with you yeah. and Deontay and Jake Anderson just played his ass off. Melvin watching Melvin. Yep. Like I, I, that, that's one of my favorite teams. And I, I don't, this team isn't as talented as that team was, but that's kind of my benchmark. It's like in the middle of February, am I enjoying watching the team grow as much as I did to you guys? I mean, you guys went three and 13, but you were right. There were so many games where mm-hmm. in the last, you would lose that game in the last four and under you'd usually right. get out talented at that point. But that that's my hope for this year's team is that we see that throughout the season. Completely agree. Yeah. It, it's, it's counterintuitive as a fan and it's not necessarily what you want to hear, but I think looking at this more from a big picture, long-term approach, uh, we want to see them just compete every game. I mean, if these guys go out and compete and they just, they don't make enough shots or something like that, it, that happens. That's, that's basketball. And, and I think in, in time, those things will bounce in the right direction more if offensively they're able to get the ball into the paint. I can't stress that enough. It's like the line of scrimmage in football. You've got, you know, if you're just getting blown off the ball on both sides of it, you can have a great quarterback and great wide receivers. It's going to be a complete uphill battle the whole game. Basketball is very similar. If you can't get the ball in the paint and the other team can get the ball in the paint on you, it's your margin for error is just so small. And, And particularly this team, I think that'll be even more important. Sounds to me too. Because uh, we've talked a lot about guard play, it, it does sound like there'll be a pretty heavy rotation between Condit and Robert Jones, the Denver transfer, um, as far as keeping both of those guys fresh. But that that really, like you're like you're talking about on the paint, though, that's a really crucial part defensively yep. uh, of what we're talking about here. I mean, we can talk about the on ball stuff, but if you're just getting destroyed in the post twenty four seven, like that makes it difficult. So keeping those two healthy is critical because they're really all you have at the five and guard penetration too. I mean, it's very important that, you know, that's where, you know, you get into the tournament and people always talk about, well, who's got good guards when you've got good guards and you can win the paint, it just, your margin for error goes up and the other team's margin for error goes down. So I I think that's something that this team has a chance to excel at too. That's something that I think going into the season when they play Kennesaw state, uh, we should expect them to keep the ball out of the paint. And if they do that, 
I think they're going to hold them to a low, low percentage shooting. I think they'll rebound it well and they'll create some extra opportunities for you to get out and transition and hopefully get some, you know, some easy baskets, easy looks. Uh, last, but certainly not least just for the fans, I would project, um, if you're right, who's going to lead the team in scoring. All right. I, I have a guy in mind. Who would you pick? We'll see if it matches. Uh, I I would predict Gabe Kalshur will lead them in scoring. Okay. Um, but I I, 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 go, when, I was going to go Brockington, so that's good for the sake of conversation. I think he is going to be their most important player. Uh, and, and he very well could lead them in scoring. I think those two guys are going to be the guys that are, are going to lead this team when they hit adversity. Yeah. I think those are the two guys that are going to, everybody's going to look to, to begin with. I think Brockington's a guy that, uh, you know, I think he's going to, I think he needs to average six plus rebounds a game for this team. I think he needs to, you know, be around a block or two a game. You know, he's a guy that can get out and getting some passing lanes and, and just bringing energy. I mean, you can bring the house down with, you know, a put back dunk or a transition dunk. Uh, and I, I think he will, when I watch them practice, he strikes me, him and uh, um, Trey Jackson, I think are the two guys that are going to be kind of the heartbeat of this team. I think Cal Shure is smooth. I think he's just got a natural knack for putting the ball in the basket, a little bit more of a quiet demeanor, but I think Brockington and Trey Jackson will be very important uh, in addition to, to him for this team. All right, brother. Um, appreciate you. We will see you next week. Uh, so you're doing TV, both of those yep. games next week. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. I'll be doing radio for Oregon State. And then, um, man, we'll be in New York before too long. Like I, know. The, you know, the, I was looking at the, the schedule because, you know, I, last week we were in the hospital for three nights and, yeah. you know, the world kind of stops. And then all of a sudden you get out and it's like, wow, next Tuesday uh, yeah. the season starts and I'll be down in Ames for a night. So, yeah, and then you start mapping out the schedule. It's like it, it the season gets on you pretty quick. It's here. All right, brother. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Talk, talk to you later. Scotty Christofferson. All right, we'll do another pod next week, probably after the season opener uh, to analyze everything that went down. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Later. <laughs>